wonderful to be here tonight. We uh, had a wonderful this morning. This morning we had Brother uh, Heath Thomas and we had the OBU uh, Bison Glee Club come minister to us this morning. And tonight also we have a very special night because we have our brother, Dr. John King, coming up here to bring a message to us tonight. So we are truly, truly blessed people. Amen. Amen. So what we'll do is uh, we'll open in prayer and then Brother John or Brother Alan. Yeah, he's behind me here. He'll step up here and we'll get some music going. Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us again. How is it that we can have it? two times in one day, together in your presence as a body of Christ. It is wonderful. It is amazing, Father. Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for healing in our pastor, Phil Thompson, in his spirit, soul, and in his body, Father God, that by the stripes of Jesus, he's healed. And we claim that for ourselves as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening, everybody. I had to work my way through the crowd to get down here tonight. <coughs> uh, brother Paul, has, his brother's had some health problems, so he's not with us tonight. Uh, so we'll sing a cappella. Uh, you heard that song before? A cappella, he's that fellow that sings, doesn't have a piano with him. All right, shall we gather to river? Tom was... I mean, Brother John was singing that, playing it on his harmonica a while ago. Was you going to do that as a special? Okay. Could we, it's your special song. All right. We, we'll, we can do that. I'm not going to steal your thunder. All right. Shall we gather at the river? Shall we gather at the river Where bright angels' feet have trod with its crystal tide forever flowing by the throne of God. Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. On the margin of the river, washing up a silver spray, we will walk and worship ever all the happy golden day. Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. Gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. Soon we'll reach the shining river. Soon our pilgrimage will cease. Soon our happy hearts will quiver with the melody of peace. Yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. 
gathered with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of God. All right. Have we had any birthdays or anything this last week? Supposed to be this month. Must not be. I heard we'd had a birthday in the office out there. No? Okay. Huh? Tuesday. Okay. All right. Well, we'll remember it next week. All right. Page 122. Tell me the story of Jesus. In the Great Hymn Book. He's got one right behind you, Brother John. He's got it. Oh, yeah. Sheila's fast. Especially when I get the number to her before we get started, all right? <coughs> Pardon me. Tell me the story of Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in glorious sang as they welcomed his birth. Tell me to God in the highest Peace and good tidings to earth Tell me the story of Jesus Write on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Sweetest that ever was heard. Fasting alone in the desert, tell of the days that are past. How for our sins he was tempted, but was triumphant at last. Tell of the years of his labor, tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and rejected, homeless, rejected, and poor. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him, protest that bash, sweet love is that glory so tender, clearer than ever I see. Stay, let me weep while you will. 
whisper, Love paid the ransom for me. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. All right, we'll have one more hymn. We'll have one more hymn. Then you'll have a special. Huh? Oh, go on, let's, let's go ahead and do the offering, brother Dan. Yeah, let's go ahead and do the offering, all right? Our Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight and we are thankful to you. We are thankful that you love us. We're thankful that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you for the services that you gave us this morning and the spirit that was here. Father, we thank you for your spirit that is here with us tonight. You promised that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you would be. We claim that promise tonight. Bless this offering and help us to use it to the best of our ability to serve you. But we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Come thou found. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Here's a mount I'm fixed upon it, Mount of thy redeeming love. On the third. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter. Bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. From, from prone to wander. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Brother John? people in the river and one time we was out and there was a bunch of people around and sitting at the picnic tables and the church had gathered around and I was standing out there in the water baptizing people as they came forward 
and there were really people in their in, in, out in the picnic areas came down there and got so excited they wanted to be baptized too. I said, "Do you believe in Jesus?" Yes. Have you been baptized? No. And I come down here and we baptize them. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I think we ought to baptize more people in a river. You know. <laughs> Let's see, people know what's going on. Shall we gather? That's my, that's my favorite song. <laughs> you might want to turn, if you will, if you brought your Bibles. Let's turn over to 1 Samuel, the third chapter. First Samuel, the third chapter, verse 1 through 10. First Samuel. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lay down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me. My son, I am. Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lay down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, You go and you lay down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Now look over at St. John or just, we call it Gospel of John, the first chapter. The first chapter of John, the Gospel of John. And let's start with the 35th verse. First chapter of John, the 35th verse. The next day, John 
was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, there's the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following him and said, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, uh, which when translated is uh, Peter. Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good from, come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Samuel was an answer to a mother's prayer. Hannah was barren, living in a barren land. Just as Hannah was barren, so Israel was barren. Now, out of our Old Testament lesson says, In those days, the word of the Lord was seldom heard, and no vision was granted. The Bible tells us that where there is no vision, the people perish. Why was the word of the Lord not heard? There was a temple at Shiloh. Why was there no vision? There was the Ark of the Covenant in the temple. Why was the word of the Lord not heard? There were priests in the temple that kept the eternal flame burning in the temple. Why was there no vision? The people came regularly to worship. Why no word? Why no vision? Well, why was the land barren? Amos, the prophet, warns us of a famine like this. Not a famine of bread, but a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. We in America are enduring a famine of oil. Uh, uh, we, uh, we worried about a, uh, about a famine of oil to run our machinery, to run our automobiles, to heat our homes. But sisters and brothers, there's a famine of oil is not the worst kind of a famine. We see horrible pictures of starving people in Africa and other places all around the world. And right here in America, there are numerous children who suffer malnutrition. Now, when I was a pastor in the city, we began a breakfast ministry. 
so that little children didn't have to go to school hungry. It's a terrible, terrible thing for a mother to hear her cry of her hungry baby. Knowing that there is no food to fill its little swollen belly. But listen, brothers and sisters, a famine of food is not the worst kind of a famine. The kind of famine that we have to worry about. Well, like many historians and social commentators say, we have a famine here in the United States today, a famine of leadership in our country. They say we have a shortage of leaders. We don't have leaders anymore like Washington and Jefferson and Adams and Lincoln and Roosevelt and Truman. It's hard to be a leader when you've got your ears to the ground listening for the gallop, the gallop poles, that is. But there's a far worse famine than a famine of leadership. A famine of oil is terrible, but to be without God's holy oil is to be without the water of life. Not to be able, not to, be able to say, my cup runneth over, that's a terrible, terrible famine. A famine of food is a terrible famine, but to exist without God's own bread of life is a far, far worse famine. For men and women cannot live by bread alone. A famine of employment is a terrible famine. But let me say, a job won't assure you of a good night's sleep for many a woman and a man with full employment lay awake all night with fits of worry and anxiety attacks. Perfect love casts out fear. To lean upon the everlasting arms. To know God is closer than a brother. To sleep in the bosom of Abraham. To have trust in God's holy providence. That is what brings men and women peace that passeth all understanding. To be living in a land where there is a famine of leadership brings anomie and confusion and depression and a loss of morale. But godless people slay their leaders. God's prophets have fallen even in this land. We have killed many of our prophets. We kill the people's leaders. We slay God's prophets. It's a terrible famine for a land to be without leaders. But there's a more terrible famine, more terrible famine, a famine of hearing the word of life, the word of the Lord, where there is no vision, the people perish. So a barren woman in a barren land comes to the temple to pray for a child, a child she will soon dedicate to the Lord. And God hears that precious woman's prayer, that mother's prayer. God gives her more, really, than she asked for. Her son becomes a priest and a prophet in the land. Because of her prayer, she, she conceives and is no longer barren. And barren Israel, once again, Hears the word of God. Once again, there is one who delivers to Israel a vision in the Lord. Because of a woman's prayer. The writer of our Old Testament lesson says that Samuel had not yet met the Lord. Samuel was in the temple. 
He was before the ark. He attended worship services. He participated in the sacrifice. He had not yet met the Lord. We might search for God. We may pray and we may sing and we might sacrifice. And all these things are important. We must never give up the things of God. We must continue to be ready for God. But you must always remember it is God who takes the initiative. God comes to us first. He first loves us. We can only respond in our humble way to God's action in our lives. God called to Samuel four times. The first three times Samuel didn't understand. He thought, oh, he thought old Eli had called him. And, uh, but Eli, the man of God, pointed away from himself to Almighty God, to the one who was calling how many people hear God calling and they think it's someone else? God calls our name and we look to the pastor. God calls and we look to a church building. God calls and we look to the bottle. God calls and we, and, and, and we look to drugs. God calls and we play power games and ego games. God calls and we look for material gain and, and, and for our empty souls. But the boy Samuel, once he understood it was God, calling him, answered, Here am I, Lord. Jesus tells us we must become like a child, like a child Samuel, before we can even begin to enter the kingdom of God. Trusting, obeying, believing. Here am I, Lord. And the Old Testament writer says the Lord came and stood before Samuel and all that began with a mother's prayer. That all started with a mother's prayer. Have you heard your mother pray? Have you heard your father pray? School teachers, our school, cannot overcome the influence of a dysfunctional home. We try hard, but we can't do it. As much as the schools would like to, we cannot come overcome the influence of a home of hatred. We can't overcome the influence of a home of abuse. We cannot overcome the influence of drunkenness and of unfaithfulness of parents. Children in America today hear their mothers swear. They hear their mothers drink. They see their mothers cheat on their fathers. And to many Americans, mothers even abuse their children. It would save America from moral rot and decay if the children of America could hear their mother pray. If they just hear their mother pray. It's like the saying, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Tennyson said in Mort D. Arthur, you, some of you took that in college, he said, pray for my soul, for more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. Therefore let thy voice rise like a fountain for me night and day, for what are men better than a sheep or goat that nourish a blind life within the brain, if knowing God lift not hand in prayer, both for themselves and those that call them friend. The simple prayer of a mother was heard by God in a barren land. Where is your barren land today?
Are you living in a barren land of hatred? Are you living in a barren land of distrust? Are you living in a barren land of resentment and cruelty? Are you living in a barren land of codependency? Are you living in a barren land of hatred, of fear, of loneliness, playing destructive games, a land where you cry out for deliverance, and it seems that God doesn't hear your prayer, doesn't hear your cry? Listen, God didn't hear the prayers of Israel either, because Israel prayed selfish, self-sufficient prayers. He didn't hear that. Israel only went through the religious motions when Israel turned to God. Israel played church and lived like pagans. But Hannah, in her grief and in her torment, she surrendered her life to God. And once again the word of God was heard in Israel. God came and stood before Samuel. Why? Why? Because when God called him, Samuel said, Here am I, Lord. You call me. Jesus came and stood before Andrew and Peter. Jesus came and stood before Philip and Nathaniel. Jesus, the living word of God, came to a barren land to answer the prayers of countless millions suffering souls Jesus came to a barren world because a humble peasant girl, a little peasant girl named Mary, heard the word of God and said, Here am I, Lord. And in this sanctuary this evening, you have heard the word of the living God. You have heard that, what we've said today and what we read out of the, out of the Bible. The Lord is coming. He stands before you. You're home listening. The word of the Lord has come and stands before you. He calls you out of a barren world. He calls you from death. He calls you to life. The word of God calls to give you a new vision, to give you the kingdom of God. The answer is this. Can you stand before God and say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Shall we have a closing hymn? He leadeth me, He leadeth me, O blessed thought, Thy world of heavenly comfort wrought. Whate'er I do, where'er I be, Still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, He leadeth me, by His own hand He leadeth me. Might faithful follower I would be, for by His hand He leadeth me. Be with each one.